while we remain standing, I hope you brought your Bible with you this morning. If you did not bring a King James Bible, I know you may not understand this. You don't have a Bible. Right. At best, you have a commentary. Amen. But if my people, you look around, you see somebody without a Bible, share your Bible with them. They'll want to see this, I believe. Matthew chapter number 11, first book in the New Testament, Matthew, find chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11. As is our custom here, I will read out loud. You follow along with me silently. We'll read together. I need someone to sit with this young lady right back here. Uh, are you going to do that? Okay, when Miriam's done singing, she'll sit back there. Appreciate that. Okay. Thank you so much. Matthew chapter number 11. Drop down to verse number 28. You find it? Verse number 28. I'll read out loud. You follow me, will you please? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Bible. Ask you, dear Lord, to please help us now in our church service. Many people hurting, many people don't understand what they need to do during those hurting times and uh, I, I want you to please help them to see what these verses are teaching us that we might glean and take from it all that we need and is there for us. Bless the dear people this morning. Thank you for this time. Help us to be drawn closer to you in everything we do and say and think and are we thank you for saving us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. speaks of famines and trials in the last days how they'll sweep through our land but we have his assurance that through all these trials we'll be led by his mighty hand Manna from God will come down from above to restore and to nourish our soul. So through all of your trials and all of your fears, remember God has it under control under control the winds obey his will control when he speaks the storms oh, be don't be afraid oh don't be
still in command. He's still in command. So rejoice in your soul. Rejoice in your soul. For it's under control. David of old and a giant trial you may face but just when it seems you're standing alone you'll find Jesus standing there in your place with a stone of faith, your giant will fall, and Jesus all the victory will give. So today as back then, in this world so full of sin, remember God has it under control under control the winds obey his will control when he speaks the storms oh, be don't be afraid oh, don't be For it's under control. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter number 11. Let me show you, teach you something here if I can. I do not want to address this morning what do you do when others are hurting and how to help them. That's needed, but that's not what I want to talk to you about this morning. 
I want to talk to you this morning about when you're hurting and in need, what do you do? I'm going to give you an outline here, I think about seven different things. And a lot of times a person will come to an altar, God, we say God spoke to my heart, and uh, in response to maybe something God said, we'll come to an altar, we'll have a good cry, have a good prayer, and we get up and we leave and we don't know what to do from there. A lot of times the answer was right and the, the, what you did in response to that answer was right, but you have no steps. What do I do now? I've made things right, what do I do? How do I go about it? Uh, what, what am I supposed to do first after this happens? I come to an altar, made everything right, I'm ready to go, and we walk out of here feeling much better about ourselves. We just don't know what to do. I want to help you with that this morning. Matthew chapter number 11, starting in verse number 28. Now, I know most of you, are, oh, by the way, would you do me a big favor? Turn your cell phones and, and iPhones and yeah, turn all that off, please. Okay, now what will happen Every time I say this, as soon as I say that, everybody goes, some of you are not, li hey, 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 thank you. Turn your cell phones off, please. And uh, you say, I'm expecting an important phone call. Then you need to go out in the foyer right now because what you'll do while you're expecting that, you'll disturb everybody else. I'd rather you didn't do that, okay? Matthew chapter number 11, start in verse number 28. See if this doesn't make sense to you. It's not because I'm a great teacher. It just kind of explains itself. Watch very carefully. First of all, he says, come unto me. I'm talking to you this morning about when hurting times come in your life, not how you help somebody else. What does the Bible teach you to do for you? First of all, he says, come unto me. You have to go to the right person. Not everybody can just help you. I, I, we'll talk about that in a minute. I think they'll try, and I think they mean well. But here, the Bible specifically says, come unto me. You have to go to the right person. When you're hurting, you can't just go to anybody. You have to go to the right person. And watch this very carefully. You may not agree with this or like this, but I'm going to teach you anyway. All ye that labor, all of you that are involved in the work, not all of you that work. He's not talking about secular stuff. He is talking about in the work of the Lord. He's not talking about full-time people. He's talking about people. By the way, every Christian ought to be involved in the work. So he's talking to every born-again Christian. First thing, he said, now you come unto me. Second thing, he said, all ye that labor, those of you that are involved in the work and, ready, and are heavy laden. That means you're carrying a big load. You're carrying it. Now, that's relative. It's all according to who you are and how grown you are in the Lord. I understand that. So he said, you come unto me. have to go to the right person. Those of you that are involved in the work, those of you that are carrying a heavy load, and I will give you rest. Now, first of all, if you're not involved in the work and you're not carrying a heavy load, you do not need rest. You just need to get some sleep. You're just physically worn out. This is not what he's talking about. A lot of us, we stay up too late. We get up too late, I was going to say early, uh, you get up too late, you do all the wrong things, and then you want God to help you so you can continue on doing the things you're doing. That's not what this is talking about. Here, specifically, he said, now you come to me, I'm the right person you need to turn to. Those of you that are heavy laden, now watch what he says, and labor, you're involved in the work. So my Sunday school teachers and choir people and sound people and ushers and teachers and school people out back and uh, people on staff and musicians and singers and people involved in the work. Those of you that are going soul winning, getting people to church, you're involved in the work. This is what he's talking about. And after a while, you're not only doing what everybody else is doing. We need, yeah, 
help me with the children now. Don't help me out, ushers. Now listen to me very carefully here, all right? Now what happens here is this. Watch this. I will give you rest. Now watch what he says. Now wait a minute. I need rest. I'm coming to the right person. Watch what he says. Take my yoke upon you. How many people know what a yoke is? That not in an egg. A yoke is a, uh, the first time I ever saw this, I was in uh, Vietnam, and they have water buffalo over there, and they're big old animals, great big animals, and uh, they take this little stick, and they'll whack that uh, buffalo and make it do, and they call that a goad, uh, G-O-A-D, and you'll see little girls, little boys whacking those big old water buffalo, and they'll just lumber along, and they'll put two of them, and they have a wooden yoke, many times it's wooden, or it's made out of sticks, and it, you lump it over top of their shoulders, so that both of them, not just one, but both of them are pulling the load. They're laboring out in the field, and what you have, instead of one person doing all the work, you now have yoked up with someone that wants the same thing, pulling in the same way, can actually get under the load with you. So this way, take my yoke, my yoke, not yours, his yoke upon you. Include God in on your burdens. Amen. Folks, you've got to mentally do these kinds of things by putting yourself alongside God and let him and you carry what you're trying to carry by yourself. Amen. We, we, we're famous for, I'll handle it, right? I'm hanging in there. Doesn't that sound like a slow death? I'm hanging in there. That's what we tell people. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Uh, I tell people, oh, that sounds like a slow death to me. Can I ask you something? When was the last time, without you speaking out loud or raising your hand, just think about it, you were under a lot. Of, I'm talking about those of you living for God. Those of you that are working for the Lord. Those of you that are trying to win souls and teach a Sunday school and help other people and always involved in the work here somewhere. Things begin to pile on top of you. Now you're heavy laden. A lot of things are going on. When's the last time you simply stopped and said, oh, oh God, I need you in on this with me. No, we'll handle it. I'm hanging in there. And then watch this. After he says, take my yoke upon you, guess what he says next? You don't have a Bible? Read it. Quit staring. Look, I know I'm cute, but quit staring at me. Learn of me. Learn of me. Now, why would he say, after you take this yoke, learn of me? I don't know, uh, fellas, uh, do, do you work? Do you work with other people? You do your own thing. Do your own thing. Um, can, I, can I ask you something? When you work with other people, you get to know them pretty good, don't you? When you yoke up with somebody, if you would, in a, in a work or business or uh, some type of laboring something, uh, you get to talking, uh, you see how much they can put up with, you listen to them give answers, you, you see what bothers them, and you get to know people. You'll find out that Christians that are involved in the work that they tend to learn more about God on a regular basis. Has it ever dawned on you why? You walk into church and go, I'm not like them. Why not? Why? I can't learn like they can. Okay, so what God said here, learn to me. You can't do that. God took in consideration everybody and said, when you yoke up with me, let's not just pull the load. You need to learn from me. So when you walk along with God, quit telling God what you think is right and wrong and how to go about it. God is always right. God, God is always right in everything. So he said, learn of me. And the best way to get to know God is, is to learn about him as you and he are pulling that load. Now watch what he says next. Ye shall find rest. Now see, we want that, but we ignore everything else. I want rest for my soul. Listen up, fellas. Listen. Hey, 
Listen up. Pay attention to me. We want rest for our souls. I mean, let's admit this spiritual battle is tough, right? It's tough up in here. It's tough up in here. Things we have to face. Christian people are some of the toughest folks in the world. Oh, Christian people are so fine. They're human beings. They're saved, trying to learn how they're supposed to live. We expect perfection out of them. If they don't, I'm done with Christianity. You say that because you don't know much about Christianity. So watch what he says here. He says, ye shall find rest to your souls. Working with God, putting yourself under his yoke, when you have been working and carrying a heavy load, is the way, I know it doesn't make sense, to find rest for your soul. Can I, can, if you don't remember anything else, remember this. You cannot carry what comes into your life. But you can carry what God told you to do. So guess what we do? I got to take care of me. I got to figure this out. I got to find a way. Well, I'll make it somehow. So you're carrying your load, which you cannot do. God said, no, you bring your load, your heavy laden. You bring that to me. Now you take my yoke and put it upon you and we'll face this together and we'll be okay. You understand? You see what I'm saying? Okay, now why? Why does he say you'll find rest to your soul? Ready? Watch the next verse. For my yoke, that which I'm getting under with the Lord, I'm letting him in on that, is, is easy and my burdens are light. God simply told you when you work and give yourself to me and we're in this together, it's a whole lot easier than what you're trying to carry. Is anybody here this morning, is this, is, is this talking to anybody at all here this morning? When you have been pulling a load and carrying your heavy burden and you have been helping others, helping others, helping others uh, and, and, and doing something for the cause of Christ, you're going to find out that your burden, that this is easy and your burden is easier to maintain and to carry because now you're in a yoke with God Almighty who said, look, you take my stuff on you. It's not, I'm not adding to your problems. Isn't Christianity getting blamed for enough of that kind of stuff? Well, if it wasn't for the preacher. Well, if it wasn't for church. Well, the Bible told me that and I don't believe that. Everything we talk about, we blame God. I was talking to another couple the other day and uh, they told me everything that was going on and I knew where the man was getting ready to go to to blame God. And when it was done, he said, well, if God's so powerful, I said, you're getting ready to blame him, aren't you? If God is so powerful, why didn't he just change everything? Ready? Ready? Poof. Right? Isn't that what he's supposed to do? Whatever I command, he's supposed to do, right? That's not Bible. No, yeah, that's not what he does. Okay? Now, when you want to spoil a child, that's what mom and dad do. I want, Okay. Eh, here, take that. Nothing's on TV. Here, eat this. And then eat more and eat more and eat more. America's children are not starving. Get over it. Now, let me help you here a little bit. So what happened here is when you take on the Lord's yoke, don't worry about it. He said it's easy. It's not heavy. You can do this. So you can live for God. The problem we run into, we will not do it his way. So we don't think it works. You cannot do it your way and expect him to bless. Amen. However, you do it his way, you'll find out this can be done. I, I can do this. So, number one, let me help you. I'm going to give you some practical things to do. I don't normally preach this way on Sunday morning, but this is what you got, okay? Number one, you ready? When you, when hurting times come, and they will. If they haven't, they will. They will. They will. Christian or sinner, saved, unsaved, church person, unchurch person. It's going to happen. 
You do know the world we live in, okay? So when's the last time you blamed the world, the flesh, and the devil? We normally blame God. Well, if he's God, why don't you get ready to blame him, right? For not magically taking stuff away that you did? By us following the path the world thinks is right, why doesn't he change everything, right? It's what we do with our spoiled brat children, right? So watch what happens here. First of all, do not when hurting times come, do not react. Act. You have any idea what I just said? I think it's a little warm in here, yes? Or is it just me? You didn't say anything because you think I'll turn on the air conditioner, right? Okay. Do not react, act. Most become very fleshly during emotional, hurtful, distraught times, which kind of makes sense. And they say and do things and react according to their feelings. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Under regular circumstances, they would not go by their feelings. But when hurting times come, we tend to react by the way we feel. I'm telling you right now, Christian, you cannot react. You need to act on purpose. What have you been taught? What has God showed you? What have you done before, according to the Bible, that was right? That's acting on purpose. During these times especially, it is very vital, very important that you do right. Do right. Do right. In spite of your feelings, in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what's going on, what is right to do? What would God... Quit guessing at it. God gave us a book so you don't have dreams and visions. No angel's going to stop by your house tonight and talk to you. Ain't going to happen. What would be right to do and say for the cause of Christ and to help others? I'm hurting. Something happened. I don't understand it. Okay, well, here's what I think. Stop, 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 stop. Don't do that. What you want to do is don't react to the circumstances. Act on purpose. And find out, God, how will this help other people? And how is this according to your will? A Christian should not exhibit the way he feels. A Christian should not exhibit, exhibit the way that they feel. A Christian only has a right to react right. Regardless of how they feel. See, that's on purpose. You ever talk to somebody, no matter what you say, that I just can't help it. That's just me. I've always been that way. So let me get this right. You got saved, and other than that, nothing's changed. You haven't learned anything. Don't know much more. Just go on with life. So I understand why you think this does not work. But don't blame God for you being inept to do what he said to do. So a Christian should not exhibit the way they feel if it will hurt or mislead others. They should exhibit the way they should feel to help and strengthen others. Okay, uh, um, the older I get, the less I am a toaster pop-up. You know what a toaster pop-up is? It hits a certain time, bing, it's finished, ready to go. That's not me in the morning. My alarm went off this morning. Now, normally I'll wake up just before it goes off because I hate to hear it. So mentally, you say, I didn't even hear it. You don't want to hear it. So mentally, I've set myself to go, okay, I don't want to hear that in the morning. I've got to get up at 6, and so i got to. And so normally about 5 or 10 minutes before, well, this morning, something kept ringing, and I thought to myself, what is my wife doing? First thing you do is blame your wife. <laughs> I was trying to help you with Bible here a little bit. 
And uh, I looked over, and sure enough, it was flashing and, and, and going off, you know. And, and uh, I, I don't just get up like that. I don't just reach in the drawer and pull out good attitude and put it on. Maybe you do. Doesn't work that way with me. Hey, I think I'll wear a good attitude today. It's, I like wearing black, so I'll get a black good attitude. Yay, black is beautiful. Amen. And so what happens is I get up in the morning probably like you, if not worse. I go like, oh, man. Oh, I slept good last night. Oh, brother. Good grief. Oh, my feet hurt. My wrists hurt. My head hurts. I hurt. You know what I want to do? Let's just grab the pillow. The fan's gone full blast above me. There's a nice breeze. You can stay under the covers and still feel right. Yeah, hello. My, anybody know what I'm talking about here? Now, that, that's, that's what my feelings and emotions want me to do. So I'm not going to show up this morning. And if I like to call in, by the way, because I was sleeping. And you know what you're going to say? He shouldn't do that. That's what you're going to say. That's why I don't. Because it's not helpful for you. Now, it may have helped me. I'm tired. What am I supposed to do? I'm hungry. What am I supposed to do? I'm angry. What am I supposed to do? I'm jealous. What am I supposed to do? See, now we're reacting by feelings. No, you don't react. You act. You act the way that you're supposed to. So when hurting times come, number one, don't react, act. Number two, do not just endure. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. See, you're gritting your teeth. You're, you're stubborn. You're hanging in there. Well, at least I haven't quit. No, you did. Yeah, you just happened to be sitting in church. You, you, you already did that. I want you to go, if you would, go to Psalm chapter 40. Go to the middle of your Bible is the book of Psalm. Go to chapter 40 in the book of Psalm. Middle of your Bible, should be Psalms, biggest book in the Bible, and then go to chapter 40, chapter 40, chapter 40. Yeah, I get up with a bad attitude. You say, preach, I've never seen you like that. I don't act the way I feel. I try real hard not to do that because that's dangerous. I figured out as time goes on, God has taught me and a lot of good Christians have taught me. No, no, no. Here's what you do in a situation like that. No, no, this is the way you need to react in a situation like that. This is what you're supposed to do. And I bought into that and said, okay, that's what I'll do. Anybody listen to me? Quit making excuse. I'm just not like you. First of all, don't, don't set your expectations so high. Preacher, I can't be like you. Okay, let's lower the standard a little bit. Make it more accessible. You'll be all right. Okay. Look in Psalm chapter 40. Look at verse number one. I waited patiently for the... Now, that's a problem right there, isn't it? When we're upset and we're hurting, we just don't have a whole lot of patience. And we have no long-suffering whatsoever. Patience has to do with wrong circumstances that I'm supposed to hold up under. And long-suffering has to do with... Something a lot tougher. People. How am I supposed to act around people when I'm hurting? Watch what he says. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He's hurting. 
He brought me out also of a horrible pit and the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. I feel a lot better about myself. Watch what he says. He hath put an, ooh. See, by experience, the psalmist said, I'm in a pit, I'm having a tough time, I'm in the miry clay, my feet are slipping, but let me tell you what God did for me. He put my feet upon a solid rock, he established my goings, and now I'm singing zippity-doo-dah, zippity, that's in the back of the songbook. It's better what you've been singing. But watch what he says here. He put a new song in my mouth and praise. Yes, you know why you can't praise? You're waiting to feel it. Yes, well, I, I mean, he's right in everything, but I, you know, in everything. What Brother Tony said, everything. And, and he's, he's everything. And he, he's going to do this and everything. And, but why aren't you amening? Amen. No, too, too late, hypocrite. Now, why aren't you amening? Why aren't you rejoicing? Here's what you're saying. I don't feel like it right now. Now, when four or five other people do, I'll never forget the first time I amen. Did I ever tell you about that? I have. I'll tell you again. Watch. I first got saved, a little country church outside uh, Columbus Way, on out that way, and uh, got saved and started going to church. And those people, they'd run the aisles. Old grandmas would get up and testify, which means preachers, sit down and be quiet. I'm getting ready to talk. And we don't do that here. Hey, church, you're feeling it, but I'll tell you, grandma, sit down and be quiet. But they did in that church. And everybody's amening and everybody's getting with the program. By the way, amen doesn't mean I'm doing what the preacher says. If that's the case, it'd be real quiet in here. Amen simply means that's the truth, so be it. Okay, you're confirming that it's the truth. If you only amen when you confirm what you're all doing, it'd be like a Presbyterian church, wouldn't it? So where was I? Oh, yes, I'm sitting on the front row. And in the church we went to, the whole front row on both sides, were filled, listen to me, girls, was, was filled full of people who believed they were called to preach. Now, the whole church, grandmas, kids, everybody, everybody's amen. If you didn't amen, something wrong with you. So I'm there, and I just got saved. I come right out of the world, and I've never done this for my life. Now, here's what you're thinking. It's just not me. Well, I wasn't born. I didn't come out of my mom and go, amen. I didn't come out with a tie and suit on either. Neither do I mow my lawn in a suit. I was over here when we first got started. I was mowing lawn over here. And we had uh, four ladies were in a car. And they, used to, they used to come here all the time. And, and they pulled around. And I waved. And they went on by. And they stopped. Backed up the car. Put down the window. Pastor Bell? I've never seen you in work clothes before. We think I mow the lawn in. I dig a ditch in a suit. No, I don't. Anyway. So they were amening. And I thought, man, they're really enjoying this service. Look at them. <coughs> they're amen and they're waving their hand and they're smiling. And yeah, they're pounding their feet and, and, and clapping their hands. I'm thinking, man, this is exciting. I want to. I never have. But I want to. Man, I'm getting all thrilled inside. And I'm listening to this guy preaching. He's kicking up his heel and he's hack preaching. You know what that is? Now, brother, I just want you to know that Jesus saved, and if you're ever going to be saved, that's called hack preaching. That's it. You're welcome. Sit down. Now, so they were doing all this, and, and you got to get in this rhythm. I mean, it's just what Baptists do, you know. And I'm listening to this guy, amen, and I thought, I want to do this. I really want to. I want to be a part of what's going on. So I'm watching everybody, and they're, they're like in this rhythm. And so I went, amen. 
Nothing, it's great. Nothing happened. I'm watching up and down the line listening. Amen. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Amen. And I'm getting with it now. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of what's going on. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? All of a sudden, I went, amen. Nobody else did. That's what you're worried about. Like when you sing, you get the song book and you're doing this the whole time. You're afraid somebody's going to heal you. Heal you. We, we, did this, we did this kid down front here, got him a whole arm just this morning. I'm kidding. We didn't do that. And they didn't do it on TV either. You're afraid of being embarrassed because you've never done something before. Do you know with that kind of thinking, you never got out of first grade because you're afraid to learn something new. So, verse number three. He hath put a new song, my even praise unto our God. Many shall see it. I think it's just between me and Jesus. Well, I don't know how to explain that. And fear and shall trust in the Lord. See, when I'm preaching, I'm not the only one preaching. People are watching these guys go to sleep and paying very little attention to them. Now, if they were my kids, I'd go slap a knot on their head. When they wake up, I'll tell them we all had lunch with fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and cornbread, and they weren't awake. In Matthew chapter number 11, go down to verse, uh, I'm sorry, go to Psalm. You're right there in Psalm. Okay, you already turned, go back. Psalm 50. This, this psalm right here actually saved my marriage, saved my Christian life, everything. One verse. I was in the, to quote John Bunyan, I was in the pit of despair. I mean, I was in Doubting Castle. You, you read Pilgrim's Progress, and I, I was in a bad way. Couldn't catch my breath. My heart was breaking. I wasn't sure what to do, which way to turn. I came home one day early because I couldn't work. I just didn't have any strength anymore. And I wasn't eating. I couldn't sleep. Everything was wrong. I came in. I grabbed the mail and threw it down on the couch, fell down on my knees, began to cry and pray. Ever been there? Okay, that's not the last time. I'm crying, and as I'm crying, I opened my eyes, and there was the Sword of the Lord publication, which we give out here or twice a month. And I looked down there, and he, here's what it said. When in trouble, pray. Where'd they get that verse? Look at Psalm 50, 15. Here was the verse they referred to. And call upon who? Me. Don't just keep complaining and whining and why didn't so. No, call upon me in the day of trouble. In the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Well, here I am glorifying the Lord. Verses are true, and you'll never know how true verses are till you trust the Lord enough to walk with him, and he finally say, see, you can trust me. I told you that's the way to do things. So don't just endure things. Learn how to take it to the Lord. First Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. Casting all your care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. Quit blaming the Lord and understand he cares for you more than you care for you. No, he's just waiting to kill you. If I was the Lord, I'd already done it. You're not lovely people. You don't advantage God. We're rebellious from day one. The Bible said we came in this world speaking lies. God said that, God said that. God said all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. 
God didn't come to save good people. God come to save sinners. Look at me, young lady. Turn around. Turn around. Hey, turn around. Look up here. Move your arm around. Move your arm. Move your arm. Atta girl. Good for you. Now, listen to me carefully. So what happens here is simply this. Casting all, all your care. When you don't have a job, first thing you do is go online, start filling out resumes, talking to all your friends. You're a Christian. Did you talk to the Lord about this? You're getting ready to buy something. Did you talk to the Lord about it? Did you talk to the Lord about Did you just find us online? And I'm glad you're here. Don't take this wrong. Did you ask, Lord, is this a good place? Should we go there? Do not just stiffen up and grit your teeth and harden your heart to what you are going through. The sorrow, the hurt, the heartaches, the injustices, that's really what gets us in it. They had no right. You're right. So it's not what they did. What are you going to do about it? That's what's going to get you through this or destroy you. This is the breaking and the making. God brings you to a place you're either going to turn to him or you're going to keep trying to handle your burden by yourself. You've got to get God involved. You've got to get God involved. Look at me. You've got to get, you did good by coming here this morning. Whether you said it or not, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to church. That's God's design. That's God's order. In other words, I want to walk with you. If it's just on Sunday morning, I'm going to try that. Never done it before, but I'm going to try that. When you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing, God is with you. When you're not, you're on your own. God cannot walk right when you're walking left together. It will not happen. So, the Bible said in Proverbs 3, 6, In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy path. You must learn to take it to God. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you do this. You have to, it's a learned behavior. You've got to learn this. You need to go to him and walk with him and talk with him and go to church with him and listen to him and read his book and all thy ways acknowledge him, know him, and you begin to say, that's true. That happened to me. That's true. The Bible says this. That's true. You're starting to learn of him and learning how to trust him. Don't just endure stuff. You, you can't take it. God already said. You cannot handle your burdens and your heartaches. But you can handle what he told you to do. A little hard to do this when you don't know where it is. Number three, do not just hurt. Learn the lessons. You know, when you spank a child or whatever, the Bible uses the word correction. Now, whatever method you're using, if it's not correcting, it's not doing a bit of good. Same thing with grown-up kids. How many times are you going to go through the same thing, be beat by the world, beat down by the world, end up with nothing from the world, and end up blaming God? Oh, he didn't do anything. I know you won't believe this part. A lot of times God simply steps away so that you will break. And finally just look to him and say, God, I need you. That's all he's waiting on. But you know something? We're a little too tough. We're a little too proud. We're a little too stiff. I'll just grit my teeth. I'm hanging in there. I'm doing the best I can. You're not doing the best you can until you include the Lord in on what's going on in your life. Do not just hurt. Learn the lessons. What a terrible thing to go through everything you're going through and never learn anything. We always like talking about how we hurt and what we went through. I'd love to hear somebody start telling me what you learned. And the lesson in this, not to trust people. That, that's not the lesson God wanted you to learn. Well, not let anything bother me anymore. That's not the lesson God wanted you to learn. 
Folks, listen to me. Line upon line, precept upon precept, this is the way you grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Woo. Amen. Ah, I'm all for that. I love that kind of stuff. But this is the way you build your life from day to day. That's good. Write that down. See how I rhymed that to get to, okay, good. There's nothing wrong with hurting. Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with crying. Missing someone, feeling numb and empty. There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, it's probably a right feeling in those circumstances. Over a child that's gone bad, a marriage that's on the rocks, struggling, child gone bad, these kinds of things, somebody leaving our church family. So if the Bible says God is working all things for good, what's good about it? Oh, so you never learned any lessons. You never learned the lessons God wanted you to learn. You know, in our public schools and maybe even other schools, we are allowing kids to go through not because they learned and got good grades. First of all, we have dummied down education and passed a point. It looks a little weird for you to be 34 in third grade. Maybe I'm just guessing at this. But I went through 10th grade two and a half times. I thought, well, if you can't get it two and a half times, time to get out of here. In our school system, we'll pass you on according to your age if nothing else works. So you get people on TV that are commentators that don't know the first thing about proper speaking English properly. We done been there. Excuse me, you don't, what? What'd you say? They be us. What? What? What are you talking about? They be out. Where do you get that stuff at? Nobody's teaching anymore. The Lord's not that way. He will let you stay in third grade till you learn the lessons. Why? Because God loves you more than they do. God loves his kids enough to say, this is going to hurt you, but if you learn this, boy, you're going to be ahead of the game. This is what God's trying to do here. So you have to remember, it is always about the cause of Christ and other people. Normally when we're hurting, the first thing we start thinking about is us. But I hurt and this isn't working and what am I supposed to do? I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. Self-preservation. You heard that word? You know what that means, right? Got to take care of self. If you don't take care of yourself, who's going to? Well, for Christians, God said he would. Food, raiment, place to live. God said, I'll take care of that. Guess what we worry about? Food, rent, place to live. We forget about God, but we take care of what God said he would take care of. This is never the answer. Self-preservation is the height of selfishness. Me first, mine first, I have to. What about me? That sounds good, but it's a worldly philosophy. I'm glad Jesus didn't do that. So this is never the answer. So number one, don't react, act. Number two, do not just endure. Take it to God. Number three, do not just hurt, learn the lessons. When hurting times come, number four, get closer to God. Going through the incident that I was telling you about, this happened decades ago. I could tell you a lot more, but I'm not going to. But um, when, I, when I hurt real bad and you get that Baptist headache, you know what I'm talking about? Pretty soon it all fills up. I know it's like a black hole, it's empty, but it's not. It'll fill up. You get this headache and you can't concentrate. And honestly, I didn't feel like praying. Couldn't concentrate. How am I supposed to pray? I'd go to church and just stand there. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what they preached on or what they sang. But I was where God told me to be on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service. I was there. Are you, are you getting this all? I didn't feel like it. 
But this is what I needed to do. You got to get closer to God. You really need more prayer, not less. I'm sorry, I just can't concentrate. That's why you need to pray. Your feelings say, I can't, I don't want to, I can't at this time. Fasting, boy, that's a forgotten doctrine in the Bible, isn't it? Now, I hate to tell you this, fasting means go without eating for a while. Yeah, we're getting desperate now, aren't we? What? Without food? Are you kidding me? If I don't eat six times a day and snack in between, I don't know what to do. That's, that's America's moms and youth now. And the dads. I've always been big. <laughs> uh, you'd be the last child your mother would ever have, that's for sure. When you're hurting, you ever go to the Bible and search for an answer? Yes, I don't know my Bible. You're just telling on yourself. I don't know my Bible very well. Why not? How long have you been saved? How long have you been saved? How long have you in America had that book right there? You say, preach, I don't know my Bible like you. I was raised in a heathen home. We were Philistines. We had nothing, nothing, poor. I go on and on and on. You know my story. So it's not like I was raised and I automatically know this. No, my wife and I learned about raising kids and beating a fire at them when they need it according to the Bible. How to get them to obey and what God wanted in their life according to the Bible. What do you do about your marriage? You go through marriage all you want to. You just go, well, that's not us. That's not us. That's not us. And it will never be what God wants you to be. It's not easy. It's necessary to help other people. You got to get closer to God. Stay in church. I can't get it in people's heads. When you run into a tough time, eh, preacher, I was too sad. I, I can't come to church morning. Why? Oh, what's going on? Eh, my wife beat me real good. I'm hiding under the bed. It's a little embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing. Jessica just looked at Mike. She wants to know if you've been talking to me. It's bad. You, you see things up here. You don't get to see down there. All of a sudden, knives go this way. Okay, here we go. How are you ever going to be a better husband? Well, that's the way I was raised. Oh, good. That, that's wonderful. That's, that's great. I don't care. That's the way I that's the way I was raised. <laughs> Stay in church. I tell people all the time, look, when things are when things are tough, look, just be at church. Please just be at church. I know that doesn't sound like a big thing. If it's not a big thing, why can't you be here? You ever wonder how preachers just keep going on, going on, going on, going on, going on? Why don't they skip church? Maybe someday. I don't. Why, why don't they? Well, I guess I'm getting ready to, but I'm going to Ghana. I'm Ghana. So there we go. Now, stay in church. Be around your, are you ready for this? Your spiritual friend. Not just church friends. Spiritual friends. You need to be around them more. You need to invest in somebody else's life. Number five, listen to your, oh, this is big today. Ready? Ready? Listen, listen, listen. Listen to your one spiritual God-given counselor. You have your phone. Give me your phone. So what do you think, preacher? So, okay. My friend in New York. Oh, hi. Melissa, how are you? Uh, I'm, <laughs> it's his wife. <laughs> Quit staring at me. Okay, I'll do it this way. Now I know how you feel guilty. She's staring at you. Um, okay, preacher. Well, that, okay, well, I understand. You get online, 
Call your friends in New York, Texas, California, Canada, missionary friends on the other side of the world. My preacher said this. I just want to know what you have to. What you're doing is searching for somebody that will agree with what you've already made up your mind to do. How many shepherds does a flock of sheep have? Well, I don't like running with these sheep. I'm going to go across the hill. I think I might like those sheep over there a little better. Well, their shepherd calls everybody by name. I'm sorry, I don't even remember your name. You have to understand something, folks. Please understand. Go to Hebrews chapter number 13. I said you're one, hey, the multitude of counselors. You don't even know what that says, do you? I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. There's a lot of stuff I can't do. So I would recommend you go get counsel from a plumber if you need a plumber. Preacher, my sink is leaking and clogged up. What do you think I ought to do? Uh, call a plumber. I get paid for making deep decisions like that. But when it comes to your spiritual life, I want you to look in Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews 13, I want you to go down to verse number 7. Remittance talking to you about me. Remember them which have the rule over you. That is not your friend in Texas. That's not your buddy in California. Have the rule, and then he, then he quantifies that even more. Ready? Ready? Who have spoken unto you the word of God. You're not in Bible college anymore. It got Jeroboam in a whole lot of trouble listening to people his own age because they didn't, they didn't have a brain one of what was going on. Now watch what happens here. Whose faith follow? I just don't understand. I don't know if, I, okay, then just do what I do. That's cultish, really. Then the next time your boss says, you're going to do this or we're going to fire you, okay, I'll give in. That, that job's a cult. They're telling you to do things you have no choice in. Why isn't that a cult and we're a cult? I have the word of God, and they're just making you do stuff because they want you to. That's a cult. So watch what he says here. He says, considering the end of their conversation, not just their words, conversations. You ever heard of body language? You know what body language is? It's what you women sometimes do when I start hitting on certain subjects. Your leg starts going. Right? Right? The old eyebrow thing. Like, I don't know about that. Now, that used to bother me a lot. We'll leave it at that. Okay, anyway. Look at verse, same chapter, look at verse 17. Ready? Obey them that have the rule over you. First of all, we don't like that word. That's because the people you have allowed to rule over you are not proper rulers. It's not God's fault. Amen, brother. Now, watch what he says. Submit your, we don't like that word either, yourselves. Nobody can make you. You don't want to willingly do this and it'll do a bit of good. Why? Why should I do? Why should I submit? Why should I give in? For they watch for your souls. I'm not in this for me. That they, talking about me, may do it with joy and not with grief. 
when I have to fuss with you, when I have to worry about you, when I have to plead with you, when I have to argue with you, when I have to stiffen up against you, nobody's getting any joy out of that. That's not, that's not, that's not enjoyable. But watch, why, why, why does it have to be this way? It's unprofitable for you. When you fuss with what God says and you will not follow the leadership that God put you in, this is not profit. It's not profitable for you. It's not joyful for me. It's not helping anything. God put you in a specific flock underneath of a specific shepherd because that's what you needed. That's what you needed. Why do you think God put you there? I think God led me here. Six months later, God led you somewhere else. Six months later, God led you somewhere else. Well, God sure changes my lot, doesn't he? It's almost like he doesn't know what he's doing. You needed that when hurting times come. The hurting person honestly just wants somebody to talk to. They just want to tell people how they feel about things, what's going on. We all tend to want to do that. They just want some information, some direction. Those who know you are free to give you information. They're free to do it. Sit up. They're free to do that. I mean, free meaning they're trying to help you. And I really believe they're trying to. If they're your friend at all, they're trying to help you. I understand what you're going through. I'd shoot him too. They're trying to help you. Wrong information. She forgot to tell you the part about prison. But trust me, I've lived with a guy like that. Shoot him. Your friend, right? Be like Absalom's friend who happened to be his cousin that actually set up his half-sister to be raped by him and the Bible called him his friend. You got a lot of friends give you wrong information. You got to be careful who you go to, especially when you're hurting, because you're trying to get somebody to talk with you to understand what you're going through. Those who know you are free to give that advice, and they're honestly trying to help, but offering very little, if any, Bible instruction. Folks, we got a book. Quit shooting, quit shooting in the dark. Quit guessing at things. Well, here's what I would do if I was you. You ain't me, and I don't want to be you. Friend, what do you think God wants me to do? I don't know, but if I stop the conversation. Stop the conversation. I said, number one, do not react to your feelings. Act on purpose. Well, that's not right. That's not right. I don't understand that, but this is what God told me to do. Act on purpose. Number two, don't just endure. Take it to God. Bring your burden to me. He invited you to. You're not intruding. Well, God may not want to hear. God wants to hear. By the way, Ben Salone said he heard from me. He wouldn't hear anything. Number three, don't just hurt. Learn the lessons. Number four, get closer to God. Number five, listen to your own spiritual God-given leader. Number six, realize others have hurt and recovered. Don't, don't you feel sometimes like nobody knows the trouble I've seen, right? That's a good old song. Nobody right and we actually think that nobody in the world has to put up with this really wow you are unusual you know even Job couldn't say that Job never said that nobody's going through what I'm going through whatever you're going through name the situation yeah but it was done on purpose do you know you can't crucify somebody by accident that was purposeful they killed Jesus on purpose. 
nailed him to a cross and they beat him on purpose and they spit on him on purpose and pulled out his beard on purpose. All of that was done. That was not a, well, maybe they don't mean it. You can't crucify somebody by accident. And do you know what he said? Father, here comes the will of God. Making a difference what I'm going through. What's important is the will of the Father. And how's it going to help other people? Forgive them. Really? They don't know what they're doing? You can't crucify somebody by accident. It's done on purpose. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He was looking through that. Realize others hurt and recover. In Hebrews, are you there? You didn't turn back, right? Hebrews chapter 12. Go back one page, one chapter. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 3. I'm almost done. I only have seven points. I'm on number six. It's a short one. It's only about that big on my paper. For consider him. Are you there? Hebrews 12, 3. For consider him. Now, God is saying, okay, uh, what I want you to do is think about this person, whoever this is. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Why should I consider what he went through? Lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. You actually think nobody's gone through this before. You think because you're growing up in a single parent home, it's unfair. And it is. It's not God's design. But we don't go to church. In other words, we take it out on God. He didn't do it. That wasn't his design. Divorce is not God's design. We came up with that. God's not for it. You understand? Now, don't start biting your bottom lip and get upset with me. My mom was saying, we got people all over here that's been married and divorced, and I'm still telling you God's not for it. Well, it didn't work for me. We have marriage conference coming up. You be here. Now, you must on purpose look for someone in your position. Look up here. Listen to me. Be quiet. Let your mommy listen to me. You have to on purpose look for someone that's going through what you're going through or even greater. And here's what you need to say. If they can make it, I can make it. They're going through what I'm going through or something like Job. I mean, honestly, how many of us have been hurting real bad? Go read Job and go, I guess I ain't got that bad. Now, we're kind of weird that way, right? When we see somebody that's hurting worse than we are, their hurt makes us feel a little better. Maybe somebody's watching you right now going like this. You know something? If they can make it, I ought to be able to make it. This is the way I've gotten through a lot of things in life. I could tell you about my son's open heart surgery. I could tell you about my wife and I almost getting divorced last week. I mean, uh, years ago. <clears throat> years ago. Right, honey? Still love you. Now, do, do you understand? What do you do? I look at somebody, because everything's a first, right? I've never been through this before. That's a first. So how are you supposed to get through it? It's the first time. God said, what you want to do is look at the examples around you, find someone who's going through something you're going through, or even worse, and say to yourself, if they can make it, there's got to be a way for me to make it. God does not love them any more than he loves me. There's got to be a way for me to do this. And I'm trying to give you an outline on what to do to accomplish that. God does not love them anymore. Number seven, number seven. Immediately, immediately find someone who needs your help. We tend to want to withdraw, isolate, insulate. I'm trying to think of another word. Uh, Yeah. Worst thing you can do. When, when, when a cougar or a wild animal or anything is after a sheep, the easiest one of those who keep straying off. That's why the cougar's after 
They won't go along with the flock. They just, you know, they just, well, I didn't mean to. Mean to or not, you're dead. If I shot you on accident or on purpose, you still shot. I didn't mean to. That, that's, that's the phrase of most children, right? Why'd you do that? I didn't mean to. First thing we say, I didn't mean to. No, what you did, you didn't think. You didn't do what you were taught. You didn't follow the outline that mom or dad or the preacher gave you, and that's why you got in trouble. You ever see those people? When I was a teenager, we lived here on the west side. This, this is interesting about me. Pay attention. Now, uh, and uh, we just ran the streets a lot. My sister's here. Here she is. And uh, so there was a guy, I probably shouldn't call out his name, but he lived down on Hay Avenue. His name Johnny Armantrout. Johnny Armantrout was a little older than most of us, but three or four years maybe had his own place. Well, none of us did. That's why we sat on people's porches and hung around the streets. And so uh, one night we're just walking the streets. And you know what happened? Mom, Mom, Dad, you have any idea when your kids say, we're just going to go for a walk, what they're saying? We're looking for something to do. So we were looking for something to do. And we couldn't find anybody. Where is everybody? Somebody said they're over at Johnny Armantrout's house. I thought he was in Florida. Yeah, he is, but he, he said we could use his house. Oh, that's nice of him. We hoofed it down Hague Avenue over to Johnny Armantrout's house, and it was loaded full of people we went to school with. Man, that's nice of him. And everybody said, yeah, he knows. The next thing I knew, we were all sitting around and things, and uh, SWAT helicopters, people repelling down from helicopters. They were coming through the front door. Get on your way. You know how they do it, big-time gangsters. <laughs> and uh, so next thing I knew, I'm being thrown in a paddy wagon. I wish I could say it was the first time. And what got me was, now my mom was a single mom, lived over here on the hilltop, and uh, when they pulled me out, my pants got caught on the knob that locks the door. And it ripped my pants from the top all the way down. So now here, when they pull up in front of your house, they never turn off those stupid lights. Never. How many people know what I'm talking about? And so they're in front of my mom's house. And if you understood my mom, you don't embarrass my mom. Do not bring your troubles to this house. She's worse than the police. So now they've got me cuffed hanging on to me, dragging me up the steps. My pants are almost falling off of me. They pulled me to the house, and they said, Miss, I said, Mom, she said, you shut up and get in the house. I'm 17 years old. My mom. Forget what I was telling you all that for, but. What? Yeah, she didn't believe me. I'm not teaching about marriage, but you moms, you believe way too much. I'm hesitating right now trying to remember where I was with all this. You don't remember either, do you? Or you'd help me out. Yeah, Moses was in the Ten Commandments. Um, number seven. Oh, immediately find someone who needs help. That was me that day. Anyway, so we'll just close that story and we'll get back to it some other time. Do you know why one great reason you're in church? To be used by God. Not just in church where you go to work and where you live and the people you run into. See, there are people out there that hurt and don't have any answers. They need you. 
You think you've got that job for you. You didn't get that job for you. God said, yeah, okay, go make some money. But you're there because there's a lost person there. Ever dawned on you you went to the hospital because there was a lost person that's going to go to hell if somebody does? They won't let me lay in a hospital bed next to somebody. There's nothing wrong with, well, psychiatric ward, but they won't let me go. See, you're not laughing because you're going to be there too. Now, turn your attention, your efforts, your care, your energy to someone else when you are when you are hurting. When you are, now watch this, when you are hurting. Why? Because it will help you. There's been times I really don't want to go out soul winning. I don't want to knock on somebody's door and argue with people. I don't want to go out in the heat and sweat. There's not a whole lot about I like. But I win anyway. Almost hoping nobody answers. I don't want to talk to anybody anyway. Doesn't look like anybody's home. I'll go up to that door. Good. Nobody home. The next door. Oh, good. Nobody home. Another two hours and I'm out of here. Nobody home. Wouldn't you know it? Somebody answers the door. So I'm from a Baptist church, and um, you want to be saved or not? Oh, I was hoping somebody could. You've got to be kidding me. Really? You were looking for someone to stop by your house? Lady, I really don't want to talk to anybody today, but I did what God told me to do. While I'm there, you won't believe what happened. When I was done, I was singing zippity doo You wouldn't believe the problem that woman had. It's a woman. Come on, you understand. Come on. Oh, do you see that right there? You t- oh, yeah, I got it. When I left, I forgot. My attitude changed. My thinking changed. Oh, my stuff didn't go away. But God did what he said he would do. I yoked up with him to do what he said to do. And he said, I will make what you what I want done light for you. Now, you, you set yourself aside, give yourself to me, and we can do this. And you won't believe it that day. I felt a whole lot better about myself and still had to face my problem. Number one, do not react, act. Number two, do not just endure. Take it to God. Number three, do not just hurt, learn lessons. If you didn't learn anything, it's just a waste of time. (laughs) It's not God's fault. Number four, get closer to God. Number five, listen to your one spiritual, godly, God-given counselor. Number six, realize others have hurt and they recovered. You think you're the only one went through a divorce? You're the only one lost a child? You're the only one whose church was ripped away from you? Number seven, immediately find someone who needs help. I don't know about you, but I I used to think all the time, I'd get a little impatient with God, and I really don't want to answer the phone. And I hate to say that, but I really don't want to hear your complaint. And I know you're more spiritual than I am. I, I really don't want to handle another church problem. I mean, I didn't cause it. Why do I have to handle it? And I, I get a little out of sorts, to be honest with you. I try not to let it show. When it shows, then I really get upset. I try not to let it show. But have you ever wondered how preachers are able to handle their life and then so many other people's life? I sat in my office one day, then I'm going to read you a poem. I sat in my office one day, and I was feeling a little out of sorts and a little upset, feeling sorry for myself, had my thumb in my mouth, so I shut the door so nobody see me. And the phone rang. Now, back in those days, I used to answer the phone a lot. And so I, hello, it's Pastor Bell. 
which I need you, and I just, this is what's going on, for I know it, I'm caught up in their problem. And we talked for a long, long time. I'm in bad problem territory. And I found out I was getting so wrapped up in me, God sent someone who needed me to get me out of me so he could keep his promise that when I would do what he asked me to do, you can handle this. Here's a poem I read years and years ago, and I just want you to listen to it. Listen very carefully what this says. I have a burden, Pastor, that I'd like to lay on you. I listened, though he never knew. <coughs> Excuse me. I had a burden, too. I took a tearful look toward mine, and then his came into view. Twas plain to see my burden was the larger of the two. I saw his load alongside mine, and though, we, though they both were real, the yoke he bore was made of wood, and mine was made of steel. To him I said, come unto me, I'll gladly carry thine, then whisper unto selfishly, selfishness, but who will carry mine? I softly laid my burden down to help him his to bear, while knowing that my heavy load I'm not allowed to share. I'll help him with his burden, then regain mine after a while, when I will sigh and weep once more, and but now force a happy smile. I felt the chains of bondage till a captive came to me. He bade me, he bade me help him break his bands and aid him to be free. I saw the fetters binding him and felt a pity pain, for his was made of little rope and mine of heavy chain. I laid aside my heavy chains so his my help could borrow. I'll help free him of bondage now and think of mine tomorrow. A doubter knocked on study door. I had an urge to groan. Why bring your pebble doubt to me when mine is made of stone? I smiled at him and listened while believing in my doubt. I laid it down reluctantly and fiend about a happy shout. I sat alone in darkened room and felt shadow's knife. Another came to share with me some darkness in his life. As I compared my night with his, his dark possessed a lack, for his was just an evening shade and mine was midnight black. I slowly laid my nighttime down to help him seek for light. I'll tread my dimming path again when I have brought him light. A troubled soul came to my door, a problem to confide. I had a problem too that day, it was hard for me to hide. My problem was a mountain steep and his a tiny reel. My problem was an ocean wide and his a tiny wheel. Yet tis my lot to fill his need and put mine on the shelf. For I must lay my heartache down and hide it from myself. He told me of a broken heart while mine was breaking too. I told him of a mending God who maketh all things new. He told me of his thirsty soul. I gave him living water. He said he was a broken Voss. I told him of the potter. Another came when I was sick to say he had the flu. His fever was 101 and mine 102. Another came when I was faint to say that he was weak. Another came when I was done to say he could not speak. Another weeping seeker came for me his tears to dry. 
I went alone and wiped my eyes and told him not to cry. Another came when I was tired. I said, I, I said he needed rest. I lift him with my weary arms and tried to give him zest. And now it's late and all have gone, each one to his abode. So I must find my problems and regain my heavy load. Where is my burden I had borne? I had it a while ago. Where is my problem I must solve? I left it here, I know. Where is the darkness I once knew? I now see only light. The chains, the tears, the pain, the fears are nowhere now in sight. I cannot find my broken heart. Where is my fevered brow? I have a song. My tears are gone. I cannot find them now. My sickness now had turned to health, and trust replaceth fright. Assurance covers all my doubts. My darkness now is light. I heard a voice from heaven say, My child, tis always true. When you take care of others' needs, I'll take care of you. This is what I preach this morning. We're going about this all wrong. And because of that, how can we possibly take care of us and then get into the work of the Lord? Because you're carrying things God never intends you to carry. So you take that, give it to him. You get into the yoke with him and you'll find out his yoke is easy. You can do this. God said. But we get so caught up in one of the best things you can do Get involved in somebody else's life, ready to help them. The best way you can do that is your example. Go to church, look for them here, encourage them, tell them how you got through things. Don't just complain and tell them how you hurt. And they, they're looking for answers. You can do this. When hurting times come, a lot of things start to fall apart. And God is waiting for us to simply come to him and say, God, I can't do this without you. Good. That's all I needed to hear. You can do this. You can do this. But you've got to follow the outline God gave us. Let's pray.